Hello and welcome to another episode of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we usually take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this time, we got a very special treat for you guys. We figured, since the year's ending, uh, we wouldn't play a game like we said we would last time. What a treat! (laughs) Lying to our audience is my favorite treat. (laughs) <laughs> hey, we're a narrative. Look, check our bio. We're a narrative video game podcast. Nope, didn't play one. <laughs> oh, sorry. Two Sonic episodes in a row. It's like you get a lot of the greatest narrative in the world. Don't even worry about it. Yep, um, that's true. But no, I think this is a special treat. This is a special treat. This is a special year end treat. Obviously, we've got our Christmas Sonic episode coming out, but this one. This one's here to just kind of get you in the season. It's here to be a little bit reflective. It's here to just, you know, think about the year. And you know what? Let's not even let's not even start off with video games because let's ditch everything that makes our podcast what we, it is. We identify more than just as gamers. We're in fact, I gamer don't guys. identify as a gamer guy because yeah. I think that's bad. Hey, we had that we had an episode on that. If you want to hear did. us talking about identifying as a gamer, check that episode out. Yeah, I, I think it's called it, Identity I of think. a Gamer. You know, I think you had an existential crisis in the middle of it, but I don't really remember. That sounds um, like a good-ass episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's, uh, you know, look, 2018's coming to a close. It's been a big yeah. year for a lot of reasons. Let's, uh, you know, just kind of just kind of walk me through some things that, that went well for you, Duncan. This is going to be a good vibe. I'm just going to, like, sort of part, rapid you know? fire some stuff here and not yeah, really man, go, go for into it. too much explanation. I um, want you to give me a 20-minute backstory on every event that's happened in your life that's significant. Um... <laughs> Let's see here. Well, I've improved my sleep. I started listening to some weed music. God, man, what else is there? a killer year also, for you. Also, my my significant other graduated just a couple weeks ago, and I'm very very proud of her. I'm so yeah, happy, and it was awesome. a it was a big big moment, and I was I was very proud and pleased because I watched her through the entire journey, and it made me very happy. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, congratulations to her, and congratulations to you on getting better sleep, you know? That's very yeah. important, too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. a little bit less of a, you know, buy-in initially, but still very important. Yeah. Um, that was kind of lame. What do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, let's see. 2018, um, I moved into a new place, moved back closer to a lot of friends and family, which is it's been kind of nice to be able to see people a little bit more. Uh, I have a place for the very first time in my life where I have my own master bathroom, and honestly, mm. it's fucking great. It's mm. fucking great. It's so good. It's so fucking good. Um, tell me. Tell I mean, me, it, like, I feel like I just did. For tell the me most, what but. it's like to just like organize and just have it be that way. You know what I mean, like. It's Ugh. it's nice. You don't think about it. You know exactly where everything is. There's nothing that you have to be like Ugh. afraid that's gonna take over your space. Ah, it's just it's great. It Honestly, sounds magical. It's amazing. Um, I have also spent a lot of time in 2018, and by a lot of time, I mean about four or five months taking piano lessons, um, so that I can try to expand my musical repertoire from humming poorly and playing trombone like nine years ago to actually being able to play an instrument so that's been you know it's been going but it's been really rewarding and a lot of fun so i i'm, I'm very happy for that this kind of feels like a we should have done this in a thanksgiving episode but you're getting it at the end of 2018 and i like it that way more and um yeah i'm just i'm i'm just so happy that 2018's been a good year for seeing my friends yeah because living 
half the country away from a lot of them was kind of a bummer for a while. And it was great. It was perfect and great, and I loved it in its own way. But it is nice to be closer to a lot of people that I know. That's another 2018 thing is that you kind of rolled around, and that was a, that was a dope thing for me because, like, I'm only, you know, an hour and some change away, you know? It's kind of yeah. kind of fun. And by some change, I mean 45 minutes, but that's still some change, <laughs> you know? It is distinctly is less than another hour, so it is definitely still counts as some change. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is making me wildly uncomfortable. Let's talk about some fucking video Hell games. yeah, dude. Let's bury our emotions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think... Thinking back on what's important in 2018 is just brought me back to video games and a lot of video games that we play are for this podcast and to be honest since i've been doing this podcast i feel like i've been playing uh more games but somehow i feel like i've been playing less it's because you've been sucked into the endless void that is the council that never ended yeah um, and has been pulling all of your game time toward it forever but that curse is lifted so 2019 i'm calling it right now the year of games but yes um, the year of games the year of games 2019 was the year of games they never could have seen it coming 2020 <laughs> end of the world um so yeah uh i i, I kind of get that feeling though i feel like and I think it is largely just the last few months. I have don't feel like I've been playing quite as many games, um, quite as many different games, at least. But I think what we're going to do this episode, just kind of set it up, is um, Duncan and I have each brought, I think, three games three. that we spent a lot of time with, uh, either in or around 2018 and had some significance for us in that year. Um, and these are games that we haven't played for the podcast. These are games that the other one hasn't really played much of, if at all. I mean, we're just kind of going to talk about those games and, and what they meant and why they had some significance in 2018. Um, and then we're going to maybe talk about some games that we both played a lot of together that didn't fit in for the podcast and just sort of, you know, just have a leisurely yeah. cool time with it. You know, it's the holidays. We just want to relax with our friends and family and talk about video games like you do on Christmas. You know, yeah. you just sit down your grandma and you're like, Grandma, have you heard about this fucking new video game? And then she's <laughs> like, no. Grandma, have you played Dota 2? <laughs> Yes, Grammy, I you have. Love Dota too. You're not uh, a Tinkerman, are you? <laughs> <laughs> we can't do Dota jokes yet. No, Those are reserved can't. for the back half of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'll uh, you want me to go first? Yeah. Why don't you start? Why don't you bring me some of that 2018 Duncan game energy? <laughs> um, I think, I think what we should do is list both of our three games to like let people gauge their interest. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe there's yeah, like yeah. a game that they could be interested in later. So the three games I brought to the table and were... And let's mention, these are games not that came out in 2018, but that we spent time with in and around 2018. Correct. But I did realize that most all of my games came out in 2018. I think... Most of mine, too, but... The, the first one that I actually don't think came out in 2018 was Nino Kuni 2. I, um, I started playing that around 2018. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which came out only weeks ago. And mm-hmm. um, Donut County, which I played... Sometime in 2018 as well. So those are my three games. And then together, we're going to talk about um, two games that we have been playing together to do not fit in our podcast form, which are Dota 2 and Dragon Ball Fighter Z. So what games did you bring to the table? I will be bringing um, I will be bringing God of War, the new reboot that came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. I'll be bringing Slay the Spire, which is, I think, not technically officially out in early access for another couple of weeks, but uh, I played a ton of in 2018. And then I'll be talking about XCOM 2, specifically War of the Chosen, 
which is a game that I've talked about a tiny, tiny bit on this podcast before, um, and I spent honestly more time with it in 2017 than 2018, but I think I learned a lot about myself and games with that, um, and I think that's all very applicable to this year, too, so I wanted to bring it to the table. The Wheel of Fortune has landed on Nino Kuni 2. That was the Wheel of Fortune? Oh my Um, god. (laughs) That was actually the sound that happens in Mario Kart when you get an item. And it's. Still, it wasn't, is the thing. It still (laughs) was. Yes, it was. (laughs) We've had this argument before, and I have put that soundbite in the podcast. Okay, well, I hope you do it again, because this one was distinctly not. But that's. (laughs) Yes, that's it. (laughs) Okay. Fucker. My bad. So, my bad. Nino Kuni 2, right? It's a game that has the anime. It's an it's it's got the style of a of an anime game. And what it is, I don't know what the first game was about. Never touch the stuff. Um <laughs> Me? No, I don't touch the stuff. I don't touch no prequels or first games. I only do sequels. Um so that voice changed so much over the course of that sentence. It really did. It. Uh, so this is like a weird kind of like JRPG adventure game, hack and slash, kind of just like large, large, long adventure. Um, it has probably one of the weirdest openings of all oh, video games I've ever yeah. played. Um I should say I shouldn't say for all video for most for any JRPG I've ever played, and I, I think that's still saying something. Um, yeah. and I think that's I think, saying actually a lot. And I think the um, this opening is kind of what drew me in to it. And I think I'm a very what I kind of learned about myself and what I like about movies, games, etc. Is like if I don't feel drawn in immediately, I have a hard time committing to it, and then like sticking through and even if it gets better i still have these like really bad like preconceived notions about what the game is um and i think this is something that like really got me uh for some reason so i'll tell you the (laughs) opening is um you uh get a, a screenshot into a limousine after uh like viewing this fantasy world and it's like actually new york city and it's the president and he's talking on the phone who's and then very the, young i want to point very out very young president, president. He, i mean <laughs> legally i'm sure he's at least 35 but he can't be a day over 35 <laughs> yeah and uh, he looks out the window and he sees a nuclear missile heading <laughs> towards new york city like an actual nuke, and it's just like, whoa, what, what? <laughs> and then it explodes, and the president like dies on the highway, presumably. And then he wakes up in this fantasy world where he's next to this like prince cat kid, like he's like a boy <laughs> that's also kind of a cat. Um, and he's like, you shouldn't be here, and the president's like, I shouldn't be here, but. The uh, cat kid was being, like, essentially, like, these rat people were trying to cut the kingdom off and, like, take it over themselves and assassinate him. And the president saves the kid with a fucking pistol! <laughs> like, like a real pistol! And he shoots this rat guy! And, like, it's not bloody or graphic or anything like that. It's still, like, the JRPG violence. But, like, 
He's the actual president. And then he goes on this adventure with this little cat prince boy. And, like, he wants to be a leader. Like, he got kicked out of his own kingdom. And now he's like, I'm going to start my own kingdom. Like, fuck what was happening there. I'm going to start my own one. And the president's like, I will be your advisor. And the kid's like, what do you know about leading a country? And he's like, ha, if you only knew. And then, like, that's the basically the rest of the game. Like, that's the, you know, I could go into everything else that happens, but it's not as interesting. Like, that's the pitch. The very important part is that you're a president who sees New York get nuked, wakes up, and is just like, damn, there's like a cat dude, and I'm in a fantasy world, and I don't know, but I guess it's time to fucking cap some motherfucking rats. Let's do this. It's amazing. Like, it's I so love weird. The, I love how ridiculous it is. And, like, I guess why I love it so much is just how, like out there it is and i think i just appreciate that in something and it leaves a good mark on me and i feel like that's a really bad way to judge something but it's just what i like and it's i think totally fine that's totally fine and i think i've had such an issue with like figuring out why i like things um but here's the weird part and i kind of want to ask you a little bit about is uh, i played about like six hours of it and then i stopped playing i don't think it got worse I just stopped playing it, and I really don't know why. And, like, I I guess I want to know, because you played a little bit of it yourself, because I had told you, like, this game's got a fucking cool opening, you should play it. Yeah. Um, and I want to know, like, what you thought about it. Yeah, uh, and, and for the bouncing off thing, I, I'll maybe have a little more to say about that in, in one of my games, too, because that, that's something that I've also wondered about. But, like you said, I, I played about 40 minutes of it, enough to see largely... Most of the story beats Duncan talked about there. I didn't get to the part where they're actually like, I'm going to build a new kingdom. I just got to, like, escaping and everything. And I think the reason I dropped off of it is because I just, like, for me, I didn't think it felt very good to play at all. I think that the combat just felt, like, it didn't feel like there was any reason for it to, like, be a third-person action combat game as opposed to just, like, a traditional turn-based RPG just because, like, it didn't Mm. feel better. It didn't feel good to participate in that combat because I was, like... I mean, I was on the fence because I was, like, this doesn't make any sense at all and it's really fucking weird, but also it's really fucking weird, so I'm very curious to see where this all goes and, like, what the fuck they do with this president and this little boy and this weird kingdom and the president's got a gun, but (laughs) they didn't, like... I didn't get through that because I just, like... I didn't enjoy playing it. And yeah. I can get over that for certain games, but I know that if I wanted to finish Nino Kuni 2, it would have been like a 40-hour slog or something. There's no oh, way yeah. that I could have done that short. if I didn't enjoy it. Um, so that was kind of... My thing was, hey, this isn't fun to play for me personally. But I, I think the, the story beats, and I think the weirdness of it is like plenty of reason to enjoy it. So if the combat didn't bother you, then I don't really know why you bounced off of it. It... I got a little bored of it, I guess. But, like, the thing about the combat is I think it evolves in a really nice way. And it's interesting that I'm willing to, like, excuse that. Because I did feel kind of the same way where I'm like, I kind of wish this was a little... I wish this was turn-based in a couple ways. Um, But at the same time, I was just... 
so willing to forgive it because like there's this dark knight that's a mouse and like i'll do anything to see that like, i'll do anything to see that so i it's it's interesting what trumps like my interest to continue and slogger on because like uh, i think what's different when we talk about podcast games than when we talk about games that we play personally is that we get to stop whenever we want but when we play a podcast game we're, we keep going because oh yeah we want to keep going and I think talking about why we stop playing something is really interesting or why we continue on. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's just like the... And maybe it's just kind of like the ridiculousness took a halt, but the story got a little bit better. And also, I think we can both attest to this that I feel a little bit of gamer guilt, <laughs> you know? I sit, I sit, I play a little couple games... And uh, I'm like, fuck, I should really be doing something else with my life. And then I close yep. it out. Yep. And I think a lot of people can attest to that. And I really think that's why I dropped the game. Um, and that's, it sucks because I'm enjoying it. But I just, I get that back of the mind feeling that I should be doing something else. Um, and especially with a <laughs> committed just JRPG. Just dropping shit. Just dropping <laughs> shit everywhere. Especially with a committed uh, JRPG, it feels like. I'm going to have to put some real time into this. Yeah. I think that's that's completely reasonable. Yeah. So, um unless you have anything else to mention, I'll uh, I'll pass it off. Yeah, I I'll um I'll not mention anything else just because I I'm going to start with God of War, which I feel like we'll get into a lot of the same type of conversation. Yeah. Um God of War is a game that came out 2018 that I think a lot of people probably know kind of what it is because it's been incredibly popular it got rave reviews it, i think it won game of the year at the game awards or something like that like it was very very popular people loved it a lot um and i wanted to talk about it for a couple of reasons one because it, it's just a really cool example of a game growing up over time um mm-hmm. so if you've played god of war one through three or any of the like psp ones or any of the original ones you have an idea of what you're getting into right you're getting into like third person action games you're getting into like comboing things and kind of like a you know hack and slash environment some like puzzle solving things like that and you've got the same main character um but the emotional growth that the game took and the the level of seriousness that it brought itself to over time um, was just really cool to see because god of war one through three were fun games i played or watched them be played through and they're really over-the-top, super violent, super sexual games that are, you know, they're built to appeal to a very specific type of audience. And those are, they were fun. It's incredibly brutal. You'd fight huge marquee monsters and titans and gods and everything like that. And, you know, it's, it's good. Um, but in this one, they kind of, they took a lot of what made that concept good, right? They took the, I mean, it is still ultra-violent, but they, they took it and they were like, hey, what if we just crafted, like, an actual story with, like some emotional resonance around this and i think that was really cool um within the first like 20 minutes of that game not even within the first 10 minutes of that game it hits like emotional story beats that are way 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 above and beyond whatever could have been expected from the first ones right because the game follows you know kratos who is the hero from the first three hero in like the most air quotes humanly possible (laughs) um i would actually go so far as to say villain um follows the protagonist of the first three and his son 
as they go on this journey to um, like spread the ashes of their deceased mother, um, of the son's deceased mother, on like top of a mountain, um, and just the framing and the music and the like very sparse dialogue, um, all just build a really, I think, powerful narrative and connection between these characters. And again, it was just. It's not that something like this hasn't been done. Um, I, they do have, like, the entire game is essentially one long camera shot. There's no cuts, which I think is really, really cool. But it, it, it's not that a lot of this hasn't been done. It's just that it's a very cool thing to watch a game grow up as I grow up and hit an iteration of it that's like, hey, I wouldn't be interested in those first three at this point in my life, but it's changed in such a way that I'm actually very interested in it. And I, that's just a really cool concept that I don't yeah. think you see in games as much as you maybe see in, um, especially like music and other media where you have the same artist doing things over and over and over again. Um, so that was really cool. And part of the reason that I wanted to bring it because it was great. But the other part of the reason is a lot of what you had with Nino Kuni too, which is to say that I loved that game. I enjoyed every minute I spent with it. And I spent probably like 20 some hours with that game. And I got about three hours from the end of the game and a story that I was interested in. And I just stopped. I just put it down one day and never picked it up again. It's so weird. Yeah. That's such a weird phenomenon. Like, especially for you to get three hours away from it. Like that's right. That's fascinating to me. I don't know how or why we do that. Like, I think, there's nothing wrong with it, but you just put it down. Yeah, and I think part of it, and maybe maybe you can attest to this in Nino Cooney, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I just sort of, I think part of it was I just got it, right? Like, I felt like I understood the game loop. I felt like I understood, yeah. like, the points they were trying to hammer home, the connections between these characters that were really important. And so with a lot of media, right, like movies, TV shows, things like that, when you get it, cool, like you understand what they're going for, but you don't stop because it's constantly moving you along. But with the game, there's those in-between sections, right? There's, hey, there's this really cool story beat, this really cool area, this really cool moment, and there will be another one, and you know there will, and you're invested, but there's a buy-in before you get to it, right? There's You got to play 30 minutes of this level. You have to explore two hours of this open world. Yeah, and you also find you, all the collectibles. You know. Yeah, and you feel like if you don't, you're not giving the game its due credit, and so it kind of raises the bar for how much you have to commit to get to that. And then that combined with what you mentioned earlier, that like guilt of playing too many games and not doing anything else, those two things I think kind of they meet in the middle, and I think a lot of the thought process is probably subconscious, but you just think to yourself, hey, I want to see what this game is doing, but I know enough of it to like confidently feel like I could have enjoyed it. And this a big buy-in when I could be doing so much else with my time. But and it's, so, it's like, I but feel it's like such a stupid thing to say, like for either of us. Cause like, especially with these two games, I think you can get a lot of inspiration for, you know, any kind of like creative, um, creative works in your life, whether, you know, I'm like, in both in music and like in design or in writing and stuff like that and like you're and to be honest like sometimes when i feel that guilt and then i step away from it yeah i do something for like 30 minutes but then i just end up doing a thing that's not playing a game that's probably just as less productive you know what i mean like i totally talk to someone or i will watch tv and it's like no you should have just sat there and finished it up because you're doing something that you enjoy and something that is like in excess can really, you know, really damage you in some ways. But if you just 
aren't stupid and you just take your time with it, like mm. you'll be fine. And I think maybe that was a little a little harsh, but <laughs> no, I mean I think you're right. Like we we both expressed this idea of the guilt, and I, I think that is a perfectly real and reasonable thing to feel. But I think that at the point where we feel it, it's actually detrimental to us because it would be different if it's like, hey. I played this game for seven hours a day, four days in a row. Like, yeah, you probably want to take a break from that because, yeah. like, unless you are trying to make a career out of this, like, you should diversify your hobbies. You should be spending more time, like, with people or doing something else or, you know, reading or doing something to better yourself, right? But that's not, like, where we were at. You know, maybe I, maybe I put seven hours into it the day I bought the game, but then, you know... That, right. That's kind of not where we're at. So we just sort of did ourselves a disservice because we didn't finish the products that we were interested in. Like we didn't – there is a crafted narrative. It is deeply involved. The people spent a lot of time making sure that – or at least doing their best to make sure that we would have an engaging experience that lasted with us. And it it does feel like we did the, the specific games kind of a disservice to just step away from it being like, I think I got it, you know? Yeah. And, and I – I, I get the like feeling the game loop too, and I definitely felt. I mean, that's a JRPG staple. Oh yeah, loops. So like, I definitely felt that, and I think what's really kind of cool, and I beg cool, I mean like a little scary, is as I'm getting older and like learning more about game design, I can kind of you know we can kind of roll our eyes at certain things and be like ah. Uh, I see what you're trying to do to me. It, it feels like it kind of feels like you're you're getting like swindled by a like by a lover. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, the facade is broken. Like I get it now. Yeah, you're trying to scam me. Something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> there there's something there that it, you the curtain falls and then you realize what's behind it and it it makes the game a little bit feel a little bit less magical. And I think it's getting easier and easier and easier to feel that way as I'm getting older. And like, my my question to that <laughs> is: Does that con- does does that continue to go around? Right? Is it like you understand the systems a little bit more? You understand the like tricks and ideas behind it. So like right now, it's like, oh, this is less fun. This is less fun. But does it get to a point where a lot of that comes back because you appreciate the games that do it well more? for the craftsmanship behind it. You're no oh, longer yeah. like you can see what's going on, but because you have like you've seen it so many times, you actually enjoy the game more because you see how well it's being done. Like I wonder if that sort of replaces that feeling, you know. Oh, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for setting me <laughs> up because my next game is going to be Super <laughs> Smash Brothers. Hey. <laughs> no, I I think that's a game where I do feel like that even though maybe I shouldn't. But also, I think before I talk about Super Smash Brothers and leave this, I I also just just love, love a game that can break that feeling for me and actually, you know, trick me out of the loop, um, much like a non-2018 game that we both <laughs> love. <It's>, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, this is it's a Doki Doki Literature Club. Don't tell anybody, though. Uh, it's fine. Tell everybody. Yeah, no, it's real good. But, like, something like that just, like, really, it really flipped me, you know, and my expectations and, like, yeah. it did something cool that I felt like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm out of that loop. I'm out of that loop! And it feels <laughs> good. Um, but also, I really enjoy, like, what you said when you can step back and appreciate the craftsmanship of the loop and kind of just, like, enjoy it and be in it. Yeah. 
All right. Cool. Hit me up with that Smash Brothers. Let's do it. Woo! Super Smash Brothers came out sometime a couple weeks ago. Don't remember, but I've played 20 hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been just, like, enjoying the ever-living fuck out of it. Like, I... So, for anyone who hasn't played Super Smash Brothers or doesn't know about it somehow... That, yeah, that's not any of our fan base. <laughs> but it's really easy to summarize. All Nintendo characters come together and other characters come together to fight in a match where you try and knock each other off a ledge with moves. Very, very simple concept. Mm-hmm. I love this game's design, like, design choices, especially for a fighting game. You have buttons, and I mean, I guess this is also, like, something that's cool about Dragon Ball Fighter Z is you have buttons that will always do the same things no matter what characters you play. Fuck Mortal Kombat. Fuck <laughs> Marvel vs. Capcom 3. All those games that, where you have to memorize button combinations for each characters. Are you kidding me? No. No, no, no. Make them the same and then make them do different things. I get it. Like, you know, most characters are a quarter circle forward or back or whatever. But, like, it's still difficult. Um, and... I think Super Smash Brothers does it well in that sense. Um, And with this iteration, a lot of people are kind of like, it's just a deluxe version of the last game. And to the people who say that, every game was a deluxe version of the last game. It's (laughs) the same game over and over again. And like, I don't know. I think it attests to how well this game is designed. The fact that they can... It is the actual same game over and over again, and people still enjoy it and find it really, really fun. Um, in this iteration, you unlock characters. Uh, they start you with eight, and then by just playing the game, you unlock character after character, and they have, like, over 70 or something. And that, like, feeling of collecting them has just tickled me in such a way that, like, you know, you were talking about that you can appreciate the, like thing that they're trying to do to you and this is just one where i've definitely fallen for it and i love it like i love this like oh new challenges approaching i can kind of see their silhouette oh is that king ddd because i don't want that one oh it's king (laughs) ddd but you still feel good because you're just one step closer to that character you want and just like it feels so good like it's a very it's a very um much less like i can appreciate this you know game's story or you know it's designed and just like man you're really like slot machine in me right now like it makes <laughs> me feel very like casino-y in that way and i really love that about the game um this game has been in my life for a long time i've played it since the n64 version um and I feel like it's been a staple comfort for me when i have friends over because you know, when you have people over and you just stand around and you kind of look at each other and you try and figure out what to say or do, and then Super Smash <laughs> Brothers there, you to know, just like that. a normal social interaction. Yeah, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that normal social interaction, which was difficult for me, but it is no longer. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think it's something that's like a very, very much a comfort for me because it was in my ch- excuse me childhood to just pick up a controller with a friend and just wail on each other and it's it's great and it i i do not have as much of those times anymore as you know being an adult you don't kind of have friends over every day of your life 
uh, yeah. which was cool back then. Uh, God so damn the shame, if you ask me. Single player is still pretty fun. I won't really go into it because I don't think it's very good talk. But, um, yeah, I just have really been enjoying this game. And I told my significant other, like, damn, I haven't really, like, played played a game in a long time. Like, I haven't committed myself to some some serious hours into, like, uh, just a free time game. And mm-hmm. that's made me kind of happy to feel comfortable doing because I'm like... If I get that feeling of guilt, I'm like, fuck, man, Super Smash Brothers. Fuck everything else, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's... I, I, I guess I'm, I'm curious because I have also, I mean, I've played, I have not played this iteration of Smash, and I'm curious to play it, but I've played a lot of the other ones. And does it still feel the same? Like, I know that and you don't want to talk too much about the single player, and I think that's fair because yeah. I, I think that it would be kind of uninteresting to talk about at length. But does the addition of that make it feel less like a game that necessitates other people or do you do you not feel that way at all about smash because that was always my thing was i loved this game but it's but for me strictly a party game like i'm not going to break yeah. this out unless we have at least three people so, so i was wrong to say that, that i shouldn't talk about the single player mode because i actually should is they actually do something really interesting so it's called spirits mode spirit modes and the idea the cutscene's really cool you should watch it if you haven't um, it's just on YouTube. It's the opening cutscene to the, the their single player mode, and mm-hmm. essentially all the spirits of all video games, essentially or other <laughs> like anime or whatever, um, have been inserted into clones of the Smash characters, and mm-hmm. they are riddled around the map. And you only Kirby survived, which is like kind of funny because it's Sakurai's like first Nintendo character, mm-hmm. which is like it's kind of a cool nod to himself there, um, but. You have you start with just Kirby, and then you walk around and unlock all the rest of the characters, which kind of feels very much like the you know unlocking method I was talking about earlier. But what I really like about this is a lot of traditional fighting games when they have single player modes, they just pit you against a hard computer, yeah, and then you know you fight them and then you're done. Uh, but what's cool about this game is these spirits will. Um, show up as what's blocking your path. So my perfect example is you're familiar with the Pokemon Gengar, yes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I take it. Mm-hmm. So there's a spirit I've of heard. Gengar. There's no Gengar character, obviously. So how are they going to emulate as if you were fighting Gengar? They pick a purple Donkey Kong, and then they make the floor sleepy. So you can't touch the floor. But if you touch the floor, you get sleepy, and then he hits you with a lot of power. If mm. you're not familiar with Gengar's moveset... He, the best, like, one of the best combos for him is Hypnosis and then Dream Eater. And Dream Eater is a very powerful ability. So it's very much like you hit the, you hit the sleepy floor, I'm going to fucking whack you. And, like, it's going to hurt. And it's so clever the way that they do some of these spirit bosses where they're like, we have limited tools, but we're going to use our imagination and creativity to make these spirits feel like, you are fighting them and not just a purple Donkey Kong, you know? <laughs> and right. I, I think that's really, really cool. And it let it, it forces you to use your imagination sometimes. And like, sometimes I'll like actually kind of in a weird way, like picture, you know, that spirit in that character's place. And I think that's kind of cool. Like that, yeah. that it, it's allowed me to kind of do that. Sometimes I don't cause they're just way too ridiculous. And yeah. they're also just funny. Like, there's also just really funny. Um, some of them are. Uh, and the difficulty also ranges 
very crazily. Sometimes it's very easy, and I've really struggled with a couple of them. So I think without having friends, it's definitely not like to you know a party game to have around. Yeah, uh, it is still worth it, and I've like I said, I've spent about twenty hours on it, which is probably more than I've spent with a lot of games that I've paid for. So yeah, I <laughs> yeah that. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah, so like, fuck yeah. I mean, all right. I mean, yes. that, that sounds cool. I'm I'm very interested in in playing it next chance I get. Um, yeah, that that sounds really that sounds like a really rewarding sort of game to play. And I mean, Smash has just always been a ridiculously fun feeling game too. Oh, to get in and the online is. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I interrupted you because I got really excited. Uh, the online shit. <laughs> they need to fix it. It's I mean, so it's so bad. It's the Nintendo game. I'm not. Yeah, surprised. but now we're paying for the subscription. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's so gross. On. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. What? what no, did you I, that's saying? that's fine. I I was pretty much done with my points. That, that okay. Yeah. Hang. Fucking Nintendo, <laughs> man. Get it together. Come on. With online, you're good with everything else, but get it together with online. God, you're so good with everything else. Uh, all right um do you have anything else or should we move on no that was my spiel i'm gonna i'm gonna tackle slay the spire next which um i I don't have quite as much to say about as you have played that game um so just like kind of a a brief description of the game real quick is a um roguelike card game um and i don't think we've ever talked about card games or roguelikes on this podcast um Mm -hmm. i like card games to an extent but i really 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 like roguelike games which are essentially games where you um start a quote-unquote run at the beginning of the game and play through as far as until you die doing, you know, whatever the mechanic of the game is, typically getting stronger over time. And then at the end of that, that's sort of the end of your run. And typically you might unlock some things or unlock some new game modes or new items or something. But the next time you sit down to play, you will start at the beginning again and you will go through the whole loop again, starting with no items, no, you know, experience levels, cards, whatever it may be. Um, so it's this kind of loop of see how far you can get starting from scratch every time with no real way to save and continue and things like that. Um, mm mm-hmm which I I find to be rewarding games, but I also know a lot of people don't like them, and I think that's totally fine. Slay the Spire is interesting and unique in that it is a game, um, I mean, it's a card game, so you choose one of three different characters um, and kind of just, you go down this map, which is just a series of different nodes, and you kind of choose which one you want to go to, and they can have various different things in them, like random events or combat, um, and as you go through this, um, you know, go through these nodes to try to get to the boss at the end of each level, you are choosing different cards um kind of like a la hearthstone magic the gathering things like that to build a new deck of of random cards and you have opportunities to remove them and so you're you're doing that thing you would do with a a trading card game where you're like oh well i want to try to get this combo of cards well these are yeah it's a deck builder so you're looking for good combos of cards and you are looking for interesting ways to do that and you also get static items outside of your deck called relics that each impact the game in one way or another um, you know, letting you heal over time, letting you have more energy to play more cards, Ooh. things like that. Um, and let me tell you something, because Alex made those relics sound like they were, like, very small buffs to just, like, stats or, you mm-hmm. know, like, HP. They get wild, and there they is a be lot huge. of them. They, they are a ton. Huge. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that that's kind of the the high-level stuff. And I want to highlight this game for a couple of reasons. One is because it I have spent... A ludicrous amount of time with this game that I did not expect to. It is not technically out of early access yet, like I said, but I think I've spent like 240 hours with it or something. And that, you know, that's 
clocked on Steam, so a lot of that was probably idle time when it was just open in the background. But I've probably spent at least 150, 160 hours actively playing it, and I've watched a ton of videos of other people playing it just because I find it interesting. And it's just such a, you know, in contrast to God of War, where I gave up the game because I felt like I had understood the loop, or at least that's part of why I gave up the game. This was another one of those games where I understood the loop, but I wanted to find ways to perfect it. I wanted to find ways to yeah. to cut corners. I wanted to find ways to make myself get further and further and beat more and more of the game. And, and you know, w- on runs where I did win, I wanted to be able to do it more consistently. And I just, I love games like that. And I think this was my game of that for 2018, where I was able to just really dive deep into strictly the mechanics of the game and dive deep into the idea of like, how can I optimize every single run? How can I optimize every single play? And like, I'm still fucking bad at the game. Like it's a very difficult game. They added a fourth boss just recently and I've probably put 30 hours into it and still haven't beaten that boss once. Like it is not an easy game. And so the idea that I have so much room to grow and the idea that I can keep seeing people do other things that I didn't think of is really, really, really exciting and interesting to me. Um, And I think this game does it incredibly well. And I think the dev team is two people, which is fucking insane that they've put out such a good product and they've been updating it basically every single week since it came out consistently, which is fucking amazing. Um, So I think, again, I I don't have too much more to say about it. I do. I have like one or two more things to say. Um, You said that, you know it was it wasn't easy uh in the sense that you you know you're not even to that fourth boss yet but what Mm -hmm. i do love about this game and most deck building games in general is that it's not easy to master but it is easy to play and like on my first run i was able to like pretty pretty much beat or get super close to beating the first boss and like 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 you know Dota two that does not feel fun to play <laughs> when you're bad at it and first starting and like we're still bad at it but you know what I mean like really really bad at it and like yeah. that game's just not fun when you don't know how to play because if you don't know how to play you basically can't play um, the way the game was intended to be played but I feel like Slay the Spire like even if you're completely new to deck builders and you pick it up it's not that difficult and yeah. you might never you know get to where you want to go but if you you know you don't put the like thought into it but i feel like if you are bad at that game you could still have a lot of fun with it because the game offers so many different relics and cards and like i feel like literally every run i play i and i don't play it as much as alex does obviously Mm. but i feel like i run into a new card or a new relic that i'm like oh never seen this before and um, yeah, and even once you get past that point, you run into combinations where you're like, "Oh, I never realized that if I got that relic, it makes these three cards used for in, sure. like conjunction, fucking amazing!" Like, yeah, it's really, really, really interesting. Um, it's and the a other, beautifully crafted game. It is. Um, and they get kind of buck wild with the artwork, and it's kind of inconsistent in a lot of ways that I actually sort of love a lot. Um, and I actually think they just recently did a thing where if you beat the fourth boss with any character, you can turn on like beta card art, which is just like community submitted card art. And I think that's <laughs> fucking great too. That's uh, funny. The other thing I wanted to say about why this game connected with me is that it was kind of, it was my, my computer's not set up game. So when I moved um, from Colorado back home, I didn't like I didn't have an apartment when I first moved here I didn't have like a desk and stuff to set my computer up at because I was just like crashing on a bed in a loft basically um 
I had my laptop, and Slay the Spire is a very easy game to run on any sort of a computer, and it doesn't require internet access, and it doesn't require precise movement. So it was really comforting to have a game that was, like, very rewarding, very difficult, and I could sink a lot of time into and still enjoy that didn't require any sort of a commitment. It didn't require didn't me require to like, set anything up. It d- yeah, it didn't <laughs> require a good desktop. I didn't have to find a space to set up a console. Um, I didn't have a lot of Switch games at the time, so that wasn't an outlet for me there. It was just like, hey, I can just play this on my laptop. I can close my laptop and walk away, and it's not something that like I feel like I really need to commit to. It's yeah. just a really, it was a very comforting game to have at that time to just be able to like dip my toe into in the middle of, you know, job searching and other stressful things and then walk away from. And that was good. That was really it's, good. A, it's for as difficult as it is, it is a great like stress killer a little bit. Like yeah. sometimes when, if you're not online and like, you know, because, oh, the reason I say that is because we share this game through the Steam share. Uh, shh, but like, shh, 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 don't tell Kate. That's legal. I know, but it still feels morally weird. But it's good, and I enjoy it. Just don't tell yeah. Gabe. He might get mad. I, okay, I, I don't think... Knife! 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 <laughs> okay, if I say that enough times, it will show up on his radar. Damn uh, it. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll have to edit that one out. No, uh, it is. I do like playing it, especially... I love playing this game while I'm watching videos. It's, like, oh, the, yeah. one of the most relaxing things ever. It's or a great podcast, podcast game, podcast. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're uh, listening so, to this podcast, download it and go play it is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so we're running short on time here, so I'm going to get to my last game so you can get yeah. to your last game. Uh, Donut County. Donut County. So this is a game you might not have played, might not have seen, not as popular as my other two picks here. Um, mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. played it um, in at Summerfest, Milwaukee Summerfest. They had a PS4 um, like trailer. And I walked into it, and this game was running, and I had a lot of fun with the demo. Um, The game is this very simplistic, blocky art style that's very... um, It reminds me a lot of Katamari Damacy and its art style. Did I say that Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I always say Damacy, but I don't know. Damacy. You're probably right. And that's very much what it reminds me of in its art style, which I like. Very pastel-y colors. Um, And what you do is... You control a hole in the ground that just kind of, like, goes around the ground and collects stuff. And as it falls into the hole, the hole gets bigger. So, much like the art style, it is a lot like Katamari, where you start with something small, and Mm. then you get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you continue to consume things in a very satisfying way. Um, So, I played that demo. I really enjoyed it, waited for the release date, and I bought it. And um, my significant other also really liked it. So, we played it together, and we took turns on levels, which is just, like, a really nice thing to do sometimes. Is like, when you sit down to play a single-player game, taking turns on levels is kind of like a... Sometimes it can get a little bit boring, but sometimes it's a very... um, It's a lot more of a bonding experience i guess with friends um yeah that you don't really get with multiplayer games uh especially the ones where you verse each other um but yeah yeah. it it gives you it gives the other person a kind of a time to like sit and just like watch it's very relaxing um so uh when i played it i didn't enjoy it as much as i did the demo um Mm. I really like the story and the way they present the story, but the gameplay stayed very, very, um, I've got a tickle in my nose. <laughs> I'll edit it out. Hold on. 
<laughs> there you go. Break the fucking sound barrier with that one. Yeah. Uh, but the gameplay felt very stable. Um, it was the same mechanics over and over and over again. Get smaller things, get to bigger things. Uh, mm-hmm. Katamari kind of evolves in its way of like, okay, you can only get things that are bears now, and you can only do things that are this now. And like, yeah. it evolves from that. But this stays very, very static where it's like, okay, just make the hole bigger. Um, And... I think that it's okay because it's definitely meant for anyone to grab and play. Mm-hmm. And it's not very, you know, much meant for the puzzly, like, mind bender kind of um, kind of gameplay. But I felt I was left feeling like I wanted just a little bit more from gotcha. it. Um, but I still loved the charm of the story. So the general breakdown is that the person controlling this is this hole is a raccoon and the raccoon it works for this garbage company i guess Uh, no wait and so he's controlling this hole and they're calling it a donut so he works for a quote-unquote donut shop but the donut is just (laughs) the hole so when people are like did you order donuts it's the actual donut of the the hole that's sucking everything up see it's like that kind of charm that i'm like i love this i want to keep playing it yeah so this raccoon is controlling this hole and it's eating things up and it's like eating people's houses up and the main story that happens in between um all of the gameplay is like a after thing so like you're playing the conversation of the end of the game, but the gameplay is happening from what happened before as people are telling the stories of how their like homes were eaten up by the donut. <laughs> uh, and everyone's blaming the raccoon. And it turns out that, you know, like spoil mild spoilers here that the raccoon, like the donut company is run by like a King raccoon who just wants <laughs> like a dimension of garbage that they can eat and play and, and shit. Hell like yeah. That. Which is that's fun. Such a, that's such a fun kind of... Like, that is the right style of story for that game. Exactly. And it was it was good. And the ending was kind of cool. Um, but I won't say the ending. But yeah, it was a really charming game. And I'm so happy it was only, like, two hours. Like, any longer, it would have actually killed me with how, like, little the gameplay was. Gotcha. And I, and I get that. Like, I get... But I... I, I guess, like... With the simplicity being on that level, like, and, and I read some reviews for it, and it, it got pretty good praise. Um, and yeah, most and people I, think I got, know that played it enjoyed it. So, and it got praised for that simplicity. And I, I just feel like, yeah, it's simple, but it doesn't feel the right kind of simple to me. And I kind of mm-hmm. wonder. You mean I know you haven't played it, but like, have you ever played a game that just felt like a little too easy without evolving in any way? And like. Does that kind of destroy your desire to continue, or does it kind of like, you know, how do you, how do you feel about that? I don't, I don't really have a good comparison point to that because honestly, and this is gonna make some people real angry. Um, when you said like a game that's too simple and doesn't evolve, like my immediate go-to was Pokemon because yeah, I think that a lot of definitely. the older Pokemon games specifically was like, hey, you can beat this whole game just by getting like three Pokemon with one really good move each and you can win. And that's what I did when I was younger. Um, and I think a lot of the newer ones have done things to alleviate that. I just haven't nope. played them, but <laughs> not oh, really. Well, that's a shame. <laughs> not really at all. Um, I mean, they need to, 
this is my only thing I'll, I'll say. I've been I've been singing this. I've been screaming this on the rooftops ever since I was a kid. I remember being angry about this when I was a kid. Is they need to stop making type gyms. Stop. Yeah. Hey, this is a grass gym. Okay. Hi, Charmander. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> bye, bye. And like occasionally the, the cool leader will theming. have like the. Uh, they can do theming in other ways. Say, hey, I, I only work with fucking dude Pokemon. I'm, I'm a fucking I'm a man Pokemon. I like manly Pokemon. Then you can get a bunch of types. I only use oh, cats. God. Got a that's, bunch of types. That's fair. That's fair. Sorry. Um, sorry. All right, I'll, I'll so in, in response to, to what you said, I, yeah. I don't have a touchstone for that. I know that it, that sounds like it could maybe get a little bit annoying just because it doesn't, if it doesn't evolve a but I also see, like, you know, I, I listen to other podcasts and have heard people talk about that. And the thing that I've heard is a lot of people enjoyed playing it, you know, with kids or something because it's charming and fun enough that you can really enjoy it yourself. But yeah. also it's, you know, not so challenging that you couldn't just play it with with your kid or you couldn't play it with somebody who doesn't really play games ever so that it's it's accessible. Um, and I think that there's a line to walk there and it sounds like they maybe didn't walk it per- perfectly. Um but I think that as long as the charm carries the game, I don't think that's too much of a problem for me, especially no. if it's two hours, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't a huge problem. It just wasn't like, if I were to make like a top five games I've played, it mm-hmm. just didn't really make it there because of that. You know what I mean? Like, it totally. just, I get but it. I still love the, the charm and the art style of it, so. Yeah. Um. So let's head to the total opposite end of the spectrum. Um. And I'm going to talk about XCOM 2 War of Fuck the, the Chosen. Fuck the casuals. <laughs> it's time to talk about XCOM. Uh, and I, I want to talk about this game. And, and like Duncan said, fuck the casuals. Um, so if you're a casual, stop listening to our fucking podcast. This yeah. isn't for you anymore. Um, no, I'm lying. Because I don't really want to talk about the gameplay that much. Uh, I could go on and on and on and on and on about XCOM 2 for a long time. Because I think that... Um, XCOM 2, very specifically War of the Chosen, which is the expansion that adds and fixes a lot of the problems I had with the original. It's it's a phenomenal game. I had a blast playing it. It's a really intense strategy game, um, you know, turn-based, top-down. You know, the whole premise of it is basically the same as all the other XCOM games. You are fighting aliens. The difference in this one is you are like a resistance force on Earth that is fighting aliens that have taken over Earth. So you are like a really small ragtag group moving around as opposed to a big government body. Um, And the reason I wanted to talk about this game is not because of the great gameplay and it's not because of like the, you know, any of the interesting things they do. It's not because of the like cheesy over-the-top writing, which I love. Can Um, I guess? Yeah, go for it. I think you're going to get it wrong, but go for it. I've never heard you talk about that. I've heard you talk about one thing about this game. Okay. I think I know what it is. Almost certainly you're wrong, but hit me with what Damn your guess it. is. Is it because you get to name your characters, and then no. you named your characters the names of your friends, and then you're I, like, no, I lost Duncan. I did I did do that, and I'll tell you what, I think it's almost a mistake because I refused to let anyone die after that point, and I would reload <laughs> the game if anyone died. Okay, um, sorry. That was my one guess. Is, it is not that. This is more. This is not even so much a thing the game did as much as a thing that really helped me. That is kind of a larger gaming idea, um, and it's going to get mildly serious here. So just bear with me for a minute. Um, That's fine. So like I said, I played this at the end of 2017, um, a little bit into 2018, um, and I will say that there was a lot going on in 2017 and 2018 and 2016. It continues to this day. Um, there were a lot of things that I 
struggled with dealing with and not like personal like some personal things but a lot of like larger things a lot of like political issues a lot of world issues a lot of things that I just felt like were not good a lot of things that I was getting genuinely upset about things that I didn't know how to change Um, and I could list a lot of specific things but at some point it would get very exhaustive I just think the world's in a fucking state right now and one of the things that XCOM let me do was it let me very easily visualize a problem that seemed insurmountable, figure out the way to best address that problem, and then tackle that specific issue in a way that was easy to um, way that is easy to understand in a way that was easy to visualize. And that is something that you do in every video game for the most part, right? That's kind of the loop of games. Identify the problems, figure out a way to solve them, solve them, whether that's through punching things, whether that's through solving puzzles, building a city, whatever. Um, But I think the combination of it being very satisfying, the combination of, like you said, being able to insert myself in there quite literally in terms of name and and customization of characters, Um, and then just in terms of, like, it being this ragtag story about, like, this group of people that should have no chance at accomplishing their goal, fighting against all odds, was incredibly therapeutic, which is not a tag I would ever in my life have expected to give to XCOM, which is one of the most stressful games I've ever played. But, like, just this idea and this feeling of, fuck, there's this huge thing, I'm going to get together this group of people that aren't, like, we're nothing. We're a bunch of nothings in this game. We're just, like six people against the world and we're going to fucking figure out a way to change the world and we're going to do it was so much exactly what I needed at the point when I played this game that it like it was like I said it was therapeutic it was inspiring and honestly it was just very calming it gave me a sense of like actually maybe maybe these issues that I think are totally fucked do have a solution maybe like we can have a way to fix this that isn't, like, massive. Maybe, like, there is things that, like, everyday people can do to address world issues. Hmm. And it was it was very, very, very much what I needed at the time, and it felt... Um, I, I, again, I, I don't have a better word for it than therapeutic. It was just... Yeah. It was something that I hadn't really ascribed to games in a while because of the type of games I played and the reasons I played games and just kind of, like, my mental state going into them. That to have this game give me that experience of, like, essentially giving me hope in a place that I never in my life would have expected it was really, really weird and kind of a unique experience that I think I'll never forget. I, uh... I really like that, and I I wonder how much of that, if any, like, if there are any percentage of that, because I've never played XCOM 2, mm-hmm. if there's any percentage of that, is that, well, that was intentional on their part. I really, I don't know. I but feel like really at cool some point. reflection to take. Yeah. At some point, somebody in the design room had to have, like, understood that, because that's always, like, if you do an underdog story, that's always, mm-hmm. like, there's a little underpinning of that. Just being in control of it, and especially because the game is kind of designed to be, a, like, the game is designed to have the edge over you early on, even in the gameplay sake. So I'm sure there was some, somebody on the dev team was like, hey, this is what we're going for. But yeah, I don't know. It was it was just one of those experiences where I finished it and I was like, I really want to talk about this, but I don't have an outlet to do it. And I'm yeah. not a good enough writer to write a piece about it. So I'm going to yeah. bring it to the podcast. I like that a lot. Um I 
really, really, really wish that we could talk about Celeste right now because that is <laughs> very, very similar to mm-hmm. how I felt when I finished that game, but kind of less external and more internal. And I really yeah. enjoy that. Please, everyone else, including Alex, everybody, if you haven't played Celeste, you really, really gotta. It's a very good game. Yeah, we I'll might play it for it. the podcast because I'm interested we will. in playing it. We sure, will. So. Um, we just haven't found a time, which we really should. Um, it, it will be some time where I do not have a lot of time and you do because I've already played it. And yeah. I'll probably play it again because I really did enjoy that game. It is it is more than just a Super Meat Boy game. Like mm-hmm. I, I know that's what it looks like, both in gameplay and in like general story. Yeah. Um, and it also has Banjo-Kazooie sounding noises, and I love that. <laughs> I love when good characters talk. They go, hell yeah. fucking great. It is really good. If you get it right, it's solid. Yes. Um, uh, other games I played that I kind of wanted to just give a quick mention to, a quick hat drop to, is speaking of, I played um, A Hat in Time, which was a pretty charming game. Um, cute little 3D platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't finish, though. It kind of fell off where I'm like, I get it now. This is cute, but I'm done. Um, I played... Spyro, the Spyro trilogy, the remastered one. I got oh, a little yeah. nostalgia for that. I still am, but Super Smash Brothers taking the way. I kind of enjoyed Snipper Clips. I've played a lot more of it, but I played that in 2018. Really like that. Nice. Um, that's about. There are a lot more probably, but I just kind of wanted to do a off the head, you know, one. Yeah, um, I would just give a real quick shout out to Spider Man for the PS4, the new one that came out in 2018. I bounced off that one the same way I bounced off God of War, but it was just super satisfying to play. Um, and because I can't think of much else, I do want to give a shout out to Tetris Effect, the new Tetris game that came out. Oh my god, because that, that game's so good. fucking chill as hell, and it's still cool. And Tetris is still as much fun as it always has been. So, hey, what about Octopath Traveler? <laughs> Octopath Traveler gets an honorable mention for being a really cool RPG system that I don't see a lot, and gets just a super dishonorable mention for ass story and bad writing and dumb characters. Yeah, but I put like. 35 hours into it anyway. Octopath Traveler is a very good game to play while watching something else. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, same with Darkest Dungeon. That's that's kind of my thing about that, too. I like Darkest Dungeon. I played that in 2018. Yeah. And Mario Odyssey. Fucking love Mario Odyssey. All right. We played a lot of games in 2018. I'm done. I'm done with that. Let's talk good. about Dota 2 and Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Uh- <laughs> Let's talk about Dragon Ball Fighters first, because I think that you covered a lot of what makes it so good and what worked for us so much in when you talked about smash. So I think we won't have quite as much to say about that. Okay. Um, and I think um, it'd be kind of anticlimactic to end on that. So dragon ball fighters is, is probably the only good dragon ball fighting Z game. Well, Budokai three was very good. So you're not going to go back and play Budokai three. I won't, but I wish I could. Yeah, me too. Uh, there's like that Xenoverse. I don't know how that one works. It doesn't look very cool, but no. this is a 2d like, it's a 2D fighter that's, like, very, very well animated. And like, everything oh, about yeah. it is, guys, gorgeous. It's a gorgeous game. And I'm not a Dragon Ball Z fan. I'm really, like, I, like I've watched some of it, but not enough to call myself a fan. And it's gorgeous. And I love all the characters because of this game. Mm-hmm. We got uh, pretty invested in playing it <laughs> after um, Alex and his roommate purchased it. Uh, so much so that uh, I 
personally made a game mode for it. If yeah, you let's are, shout outs to that game. Honestly, thank you. 2018, thank you. that game was dope as hell. It's called Dragon Balls, I think. <laughs> I think that's what I called it. Maybe not shout outs to the name, but Yeah. No, I think I had a a more clever name for it. But anyways, uh it was just like we got I bought seven Dragon Balls online and um the game like has you exchanging Dragon Balls for how many fighters you lost and like the person who got the most Dragon Balls or all the Dragon Balls gets to hold all of them and make a wish and then like cast something terrible on the loser <laughs> uh for me i have been holding a very embarrassing dragon mm-hmm. ball z wallet for mm-hmm. uh, like five months it feels like well you know i mean maybe if you would just win one of the tournaments you wouldn't have to <laughs> the thing is is that we drink and it's so <laughs> fucking hard for me to win yeah. but so, uh, this is an, an amazing game um and again we could talk at length about why it's so good and uh, the kind of simplistic nature of being able to jump in and do these really cool and good feeling combos but the incredible depth that you can go into you know yeah. in like pro circuits and fighting games like this but a lot of why it was so good really just is you just, we fucking got invested in it and it's so much fun to just like sit around and have a few drinks and play a fighting game that looks really really cool and just watch your friends or have your friends watch you get just so fucking mad just so mad (laughs) (laughs) and it's a fun mad i well it it is but sometimes it can be a fun mad (laughs) but sometimes it gets real and and then i walk out and i actually might not come back (laughs) you know you never know you just know that it's two in the morning everyone's drunk and duncan just walked out the door and you're not sure if he's coming back (laughs) but you do know that if he does come back he's gonna still be using that dragon ball wallet for a while Oh yeah, oh yeah, and like, God, this is this is the game. Like, I love Super Smash Brothers, but this is the, probably one of the games that it doesn't matter how many times I see the ultimate abilities, I still love watching them. Mm-hmm. They're so cool, and like, I don't know, the, some of the designs of the characters are really neat. Um, but yeah, it's a good, yeah. it's a good fighting game. It is a incredibly good fighting game. Um, and the online is actually not shit in that one, so it, it's no. it's really good. It's cool. Um, yeah. Let's move on because this episode's running pretty long, and yep. I want to talk about fucking Dota two. I want to talk about Dota two. I want to address knife, the knife, elephant knife, in the room. Knife, Gabe, <laughs> Gabe, are you listening? All right. I want to I want to talk about Dota two, and I want to talk about it as the game that has stolen me away from my friends time and time again. And I want to talk <laughs> about it as the game that has maybe made it harder to fucking finish some games for this podcast time yeah. and time again. It's 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 grown to a point where we're like, how long is this game? Uh, six hours. <laughs> okay, well, it's like of our schedules. We work for you know eight to nine hours. Okay. <laughs> And we got to go home, three hours of Dota, one hour for dinner. That's just not enough time. I don't have enough time. There's no way. I know we're planning recording two months in advance, but I can't do it. Dota's very important. Um, so Duncan and I hopped on the Dota 2 bandwagon um, in a, I would call it spectacular fashion because Dota 2, I guess for those of you who don't know, is a, a MOBA, multiple multiplayer online battle arena game in the vein of like League of Legends, um, Heroes of the Storm, Smite. which is now, I think Heroes of the Storm is over now, I think they said, but um, mm. 
so you know top down you control one hero you get stronger over time and it's a 5v5 against um, other players always on the same map same sets of items same pool of heroes to pick from um and it's very difficult like duncan said it's one of those Mm. games that has a difficulty curve that is just a straight wall up Mm. for a long time and is like actively not fun to play if you're Mm -hmm. not good because the matchmaking will just be like well you haven't played a lot of games you're probably just making a fake account, but you're actually really good. So let's put you against good people and watch you get fucked into the ground over and over and over again um, <laughs> because it hates you, because Dota's not your friend. Uh, so Duncan and I were like, well, hell yeah, let's start playing together, just the two of us. And we lost... I, I've lost track of the number of games in a row that we lost oh. before we won. I think it was... 13 or 14 it had to be somewhere around there and these are not five minute games guys these i think on the short end are like 30 and on the high end can get up to 70 or 80 and it's just fucking miserable if you're losing that whole time but there was something about how much we were losing where it was hilarious. I couldn't stop enjoying how much we were losing because it just felt like statistically it shouldn't have been possible for us to lose this many games in a row. You know... It was fucking amazing. We sound insane. Yeah, no. We sound like fucking addicts or something. We sound... My significant other will, will hear me talk... While I'm playing Dota or like afterwards, <laughs> she'll just stare at me and just like be like, "Why? Why do you do this to yourself? What's the point? <laughs> you're never happy. Even if you win, you're like, yeah, it's because they sucked. Like the game, but they fucking sucked. And we it's played like, like trash. They just played worse. Fuck. Yeah, and it's like, how? How do I still enjoy this? And it's just this pure like. It's this pure energy of, like, you gain this just, like, feeling. And and it's so fucked up to think like this, but it's so true. Is you gain this feeling of, like, I hate the feeling of losing. And, like, being in that situation just, like, mm-hmm. I don't hate it. Because, you know, sometimes it's fun to lose. But you know what it feels like to get absolutely slam dunked into the ground. Yeah. And then you enter in a game. And you pick a character. And then you start winning. And, like, I can just imagine the other person on the other screen having the bad time that I was having at some point. And I get a big Grinch grin on my face because I fucking love it. I love it. But Dota's like, not a game about feeling good. It's a game about making other people feel bad. So you feel better. <laughs> yeah, because you'll be, you'll be having a bad time soon enough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just... It, and it's insane that we like this game. I, I So let me let me try and frame it in a way that doesn't make it sound awful, which is to say that... It doesn't make I, us seem like <laughs> psychopaths. Yeah. Part of the reason that I enjoy Dota is because it is such a hard game. Because there are so many different factors that you have to keep in mind. If you were just playing it by yourself and a bunch of AI, there are so many different factors you have to keep in mind. But because it's such a teamwork-focused game... 
you have to be constantly predicting what the other team will do while planning with your team, while playing to perfection, while figuring out what items you want to buy, where you should be moving to, what strategy you guys should be doing, how you want to level up your hero, like what sort of role you want to spec into. There's so much going on. And then just the mechanical ability to do each of those independent things and to do them efficiently is insane. It requires so much of you as a player. And I think part of the reason that I enjoy it is because it feels it's like a little adrenaline boost of like, I did that. Like you get an endorphin release because you feel like if you did something right in Dota, it was actually really, really, really fucking hard to do that. And the fact Mm -hmm. that you did it right means that you're good at it. Right. There are a lot of games where I can do something well and just be like, well, it didn't take me long to figure that out. Right. I played God of war for 12 hours and then I just didn't die for the next eight because I figured out the combat. But in Dota, we played Dota for 30 hours and I didn't win because it's hard and I got fucked into the ground for 30 hours and then when you win it's like holy fuck I'm like I did something and you didn't you fucking didn't you just played Yoda but you feel like you did something (laughs) and the cohesion that like when you have a team that's working together and you're just out playing the other team it feels so good because there's so many different factors there's so many different ways it could break down and you never know like which one of those is going to go awry at any time. So I, I assume it's a lot of the same type of feeling when you do any like team-based activity together and you do it really well, but because it's kind of behind, like the understanding of who's doing well is behind so many different layers of abstraction, it feels more mysterious. Like you feel like you never actually know. Maybe the other team is doing something different. Maybe they're going to pull out this big level. You know, I don't know what they're doing. They look exactly the same as the last team we played. But it, it because of all of that, if you do really well, you feel like you actually accomplished something. You feel like you learned something. You feel like you took a skill and, like, formed it into something more than it actually is. Which, again, it's nothing. You're just yeah. playing Dota. It's yeah. a waste of your life. But it, it's a it, good waste of your life. I would put it on par with, like some seriously like skilled hobbies that you you would need to really practice before you could perform Mm -hmm. but not as useful at all like (laughs) just like it's like you will impress no one (laughs) i learned carpentry it's like yeah i i I learned dota and like (laughs) one of us will get a job and the other one won't (laughs) like it just but i still love it and like also fuck this game like just like (laughs) fuck this game though because like it has so many stupid things that were in. So why it's Dota two and not Dota one is Dota one was a Warcraft three mod, um, mm. where it was the pretty much the same game, but because it was a, a mod, it had to have some like weird, you know, kind of like limitations and like uh, different gameplay mechanics because it was a mod and it was living inside of you know the Warcraft three engine and like those things just like carry over. Like, yep. they're just some weird sight things that carry over. Just, like, some weird mechanics that just carry over. And it doesn't make any fucking sense why it would be in this <laughs> game. But it's because it was in the first one. Also, you can't, you gotta go to another shop to buy items that you can... It's it's just ridiculous. It's layer upon layer upon layer. Like, every time you feel like you've figured something out, it's another thing. Or, like, you're yep. always learning. You're just always learning. And, like, you come in and you're like, oh, cool, there's trees on this map. Oh, did you also know that, like, 80 characters interact with the trees and it's, like, important to know what the (laughs) lines of the trees are and how you walk between them? Fuck you, Gabe. Like, fuck you, (laughs) man. This is ridiculous. And I love it. 
it's fucking next level bullshit, and it's all amazing. Um, I I will say. Um, also, in all the characters are amazing. Sorry, the characters are very very cool, and they have very good action phrases. In defense of us as people. Because, again, it sounds very, very bad because all we've done is talk about how it's a terrible game that wastes your life and how we can't stop playing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it is. I, I have tried to get into Dota because, you know, I, I know a number of people who are and they talk very highly of it. I've tried for years. I would play it and just say, you know what? Fuck this. It's not fun. I'm wasting my life. It yeah. just makes me angry and all of the things that we've said before. Um, but one of the reasons that it is fun is because Duncan and I were able to play it together yeah, to yeah. the point where we could start having fun, right? I would yeah. never, never have started playing Dota or enjoyed playing Dota if I had to learn it by myself. And if you're sitting here right now going, Dota sounds like my kind of game, I just don't have any friends to play it, then don't fucking play it. You're not going to like it. You're not going to enjoy the game. And um, you just got to <laughs> fucking damn it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Duncan uh, sent me a picture of Mario Lopez taking a shower, I guess. It's real interesting. We'll, uh, we'll touch on that one later. <laughs> we definitely won't. We definitely won't. That's for Duncan to know and me to get past. Um, yeah. yeah? What are you saying? I, you seem distracted. Nope. Nope. I got it. Whoo, I'm good. If you are thinking about playing Dota and you do not have a friend that plays Dota, do not play Dota. You no. won't enjoy it. And also, it's full of bad people. It's full of bad people. It's some Don't good go people, hunting too. For this. But there are you some bad people. It. You um, won't find it. Don't go hunting for this. Yeah. I but guess Alex really what I, I were wanted. playing Dota. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I and guess we what thought I really this guy wanted. was really no, cool. No, no, I don't want to regale this whole story. I don't want to give this dude credit. Long and short of it was I'm that not we thought give he was him cool. Credit. <laughs> we thought he was cool, and then he wasn't because he had a political YouTube channel, and then he ended up making a video about us. He okay? did end up making a well, video up specifically. about Duncan specifically because he said that his political views were shitty because the dude's, you know, a little bit racist and sexist. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. That's but, the kind of, like, sample of people. So <laughs> hit the mute But button. not exclusively. My, there are also good people. Yeah, we met a really cool British dude once. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, when you get into the game, just mute all your teammates, mute all the enemies, uh, and you'll have a have better Have a good time. time. Have a good time. Uh, yeah. I guess really I wanted to use this as a platform more for a, like sort of like a confession. Like yeah. I wanted to confess my Dota sins more than for I wanted sure. to actually talk about the game. Um, but yeah, Dota 2, great game. Uh, definitely my game of 2018 if I was given <laughs> rewards. Um, yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a blast. It's a blast to play with friends. And I apologize to all of my friends who I have wronged by playing Dota 2, but I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I'm too deep. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Sorry, loved ones, career advancements, friends, mm. family. <laughs> nope. Fuck it all. Sorry, Dumb listeners two. of this podcast. You also, I did say four hours dedicated to Dota 2 every day. That's not true. Please no, know no, that no, was no. a joke. Absolutely. <laughs> it is at most two, and that's infrequent, and frequently it is none. Um, yeah. So just so but, you know. Yes. Just. I like the contrast so of us being like, I feel guilty playing video games, plays four hours of Dota every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think we're out of time here. I think we are. We have to go. We have a very important engagement in the next few minutes here. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, jingle, jingle, are, jingle. It's the Sonic Bells are ringing. It's the next Sonic episode. Bells are ringing. Next episode will be our Christmas Sonic episode. You have to be here. You must be there. It is going to be so 
Christmas radical um, when we're also edging on the end of the story. What the fuck are we going to do after? What the That's fuck, a man? Good ah! question. Maybe I'm we having... can play through it again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so next episode will come out on Christmas Day. Please, please play it for your family around the fireplace. Play it for your family around the fire. Crack those nutcrackers. If God, you, it's so if important. If you play it for your family and take a video of you playing it for your family and one of them saying out loud, we just listened to Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, their Christmas episode from Thoughts from Player One, I will PayPal you a thousand dollars. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, no, I will PayPal you five. I mean, even that's kind of a lot, honestly. Twenty-five. Whoa! That no, that's more. That's okay, more. 20? I said five was a okay. lot, and you right, said twenty-five. We each PayPal them five bucks. Okay, we won't PayPal you anything, but I will. You know, you send that to us in an email, and we'll give you a shout out or something. I don't know. Just do it. <laughs> it would be a funny story for you and for me, and that's two it good really stories. It really wouldn't. It really wouldn't. Is the thing. <laughs> I mean, it would be funny for me, but. Probably your family would look at you like you're, you're gonna an insane get, person like, and you're you wouldn't get be invited. You're going to get a video in your email of this Swedish family really excited that they're going to get like $1,000. I won't give you money. I can't stress that enough. You get nothing. <laughs> like Willy Wonka and the Charlie. No, Willy Wonka and the Charlie. <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Charlie Factory. Oh, my God. <laughs> hooked up sequel. Where they were the, Come you know, with me <laughs> and you'll see everything's made out of human boy. Yeah, this next episode we record is going to be very good. Yeah. Um, if you want to hit us up, you can follow us on Facebook, Thoughts from Player One. You can follow us Twitter at Thoughts from P One. You can send us an email, Thoughts from Player One at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean or anything like that. Um, you know, you can tell your friends, tell your family. That's all of our social media, I think. Yeah. Um, I think we are good. Do you want to take us out of here with our final yeah. 2018 traditional yeah. episode? Not closer? a new season, though. Not We're not switching seasons. It's still three, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're in season three and or four now. I don't know. No, it's the, three because we did. Maybe we should have a new season. Beef in the pot, beef in the pot, over. chicken stock. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We're you're building right. a chili. We're um, building a chili. Um... <clears throat> Of 2018, uh, that's all the chicken stock in the chili pot. Yeah. <laughs> See you next year. The ball's dropping.